Hello everyone. Yeah, I know. I should sing the intro from now on, huh? Hmm. No. Anyways, it's currently 11:06 p.m. It's February 7th. It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday to you! If you're listening, I'm burning you. So, um, nah, okay, but today, really, like, oh my days, like, I'm so excited to talk about this. I want to talk about authority. I want to talk about authority because, listen, I've been, like, experiencing things lately with, like, with my walk with the Lord, and it doesn't feel like it's, like, a phase. It feels like it's, like, I've accessed something, okay? Something that I knew, but it's different when you know something and then when you experience it. What I feel like I've accessed right now is like, and I actually do remember, okay, back up, rewind, just came out of the 21-day fast. One of my prayers on the fast is to, I, I want to see what I speak happen. And I love fasting. Fasting is a great way to see things get expedited spiritually, okay? Some people speak against fasting. I don't know why, like... (laughs) You're speaking out of your... You're speaking out of your rear. I'll just say that, okay? You're speaking out of your yash. Because fasting works. Prayer, excuse me, prayer and fasting works. And ever since praying that baby, the manifestations of just the things that I have seen. And listen, I know that it's biblical because the Bible says there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Okay, there's power of life and death in the tongue. Lies in the tongue. The tongue is a powerful rudder. The Bible even calls it evil. It's powerful. And I heard a pastor preach like, what's the first thing that happens when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you? It controls that tongue. Gets a hold of that tongue and you start, you know, speaking in tongues. And it's, that's what happens. So, but that has nothing to do, that has a little bit to do with what I want to cover. I actually want to cover about like why your life is crap and why, why it has everything to do with your confession. Everything to do with your confession and basically how your confession relates to your authority. Like, okay, listen, like this is clearly if you've listened, I don't construct these podcast things like a sermon, like I uploaded a sermon on here, which is crazy. It's like my most downloaded episode ever, which is, and it's called um, God Deliver Us From All Afflictions. And from that sermon, I actually did like a a broader teaching on it somewhere. It's somewhere right, it's before that episode was uploaded. So you just got to go back and listen. I don't know. But listen, so you can hear the difference. Like me just casually chatting on podcasts versus me preaching to a crowd of people is we're not the same um but listen the desire to share a message is the same and listen like your but there's not gonna be points to this so just okay sit down get a coffee get something listen drive whatever you have to do it's gonna be entertaining i promise probably so i think it will so your confession has literally everything to do with your 
authority okay let what what's what's that mean what does that mean Carizo? like what are you trying to say what are you trying to say okay 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 you, you're a christian right which means you have accepted jesus christ as your lord and savior which means you have prayed the prayer of confession you've conf- you believed in your heart that he is Lord and you confess with your mouth he is Lord and you receive him as your Lord and Savior and you vow to follow him, obey him, follow his decrees and commandments and precepts and all his ways and honor God and honor, you just uh, attend church because that's a biblical command. You, you, you assemble with the believers, okay? You are there. You are in it. You are in the body. You're in the kingdom. You're working. You're f- fruitful, okay? And out of being a believer you know that the Bible says that Jesus has given us all authority, all authority over every principality, power, everything. We have authority over it all. But why is it that the things that you know that the Bible are given to you that is free for you to inherit, why do you not see it manifesting in your life? Mate, I feel like it has everything to do with your confession. It has everything to do with your confession. You have to speak it out. You have to speak it out. Oh, my days. Because you know, Genesis, you know how this whole start, how this thing started. God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. It started with confession. What makes us think that we can't, we we have to, we like, we're not supposed to function like that. Or like, what makes us think that like, that that that's not the case for us we have to confess these things you were saved because of your confession and your faith and believing in your heart that jesus christ was lord and was raised from the dead so when you what's the point of prayer if it's all available why do we even pray there's certain things that the bible tells you to bind and release loose confess declare Okay, there are certain things that the Bible tells you there that's Jesus prayed. What's the point if he's God, 100% God, even though he's 100% man, he is God made flesh, the word made flesh, I should say, but the word is God, according to John one, which says in the beginning was the word of God and the word of God and the word was with God and the word was God. What's the point of praying? Oh, my days, the power of confession is that strong, is that big of a deal. It's that powerful. There's certain things where I've seen believers and it pain and it it pains me. It it kind of grieves me a little bit, but I'll see believers have a trash crap a word life. And and you just spend 5 minutes with them and you figure out why. It's because of their yappa, yappa, yappa. It's because of their mouth. The things that they let come out of their mouths. I, I know a lady who's a Christian. I don't, it doesn't matter how much, how mature of a Christian she is, how, what level of maturity she is spiritually. It doesn't matter if she's a Christian. Girl, let me tell you. And girl, in this podcast, for all my listeners, when I say girl... That's a general term to the public. That's for everybody. Embrace it. So anyways, girl, let me tell you. Well, you know, my hip, my hip is just every time I get up, my hip, it stretches and it stretches in a way that my body's not supposed to go. My doctor told me my lung isn't inflating the way that it's supposed to. 
And he said, if I get COVID, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. There's liquid in my lungs. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to even make this. This is actually a serious thing. But it's like every single, like five minutes and you hear about her new symptoms of the week. It's like like a new flavor that came out from her body. Oh, guys, guess what? I got arthritis. It's like, oh, my gosh. There's a point where I even offered to pray for her because I just got tired of her talking. I just wanted to interrupt her speech, you know, her monologue, really. And I was like, well, hey, can I pray for you? And she was like, well, you know, I tried that. That didn't do any good. So I just think I'm just going to go to the doctor. Do you know what I did after she said that? I sat my butt down in my wherever I was going to go with, to this in this vague location because this is a vague story that I'm trying to not share too much details about so nobody can track it down. I sat my butt down. I didn't say a word of prayer. You, Why? Why would you do that, Crizo? You're a Christian. What on earth is going to... Nothing's going to get done. She already tried prayer. You heard that. You heard her say that. I already tried that. It didn't do any good. Okay, so you have what you say. It's your tongue that decided to loose that word. I offered you a way out. I offered you a path to see healing in your body. You're co- and this was a complaint about, My ear! I'm deaf in my left ear! And it's like, can I pray about it? And you know, I have faith. We both serve Jesus. We both serve the living God who heals all sickness and all disease. And in the Bible, all means A-L-L. Todos. Tous. In French. All. Do you get me? I'm already praying. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay, you already prayed. That's your response? Cool. You get what you have. I'm not going to waste my breath. Praying over a dead situation. You have no faith. You're full of doubt. I'm not praying over you. Get away from me with this. You know, I know that that sounds like very unchristlike, but there are situations even in the Bible where Jesus went into a town and because of their unbelief, he saw no miracles or he saw. Let me pull it up in the Bible. So you can build your understanding in this area. Because of their unbelief. It sound like share. Yes. Unbelief. <laughs> Matthew 13, 58. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Let's look at the context. And he was Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 13. Let's get the full context. I'll do the NKJV. This KJV might put people in a st- in a stupor. <clears throat> I'll just say that. Um, okay, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. 
But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do mighty works there because of their unbelief. So what what did you want me to do? You get me. I offered to pray for you. I already did. What do you want me to do? I can't, like, prayer doesn't get answered by unbelief. You know this. In the story of the woman with the issue of blood, what healed her? Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. It wasn't, it wasn't the like, oh, she was just in the premises. And because Jesus was so anointed, she, she got healed. No, her faith accessed that healing. Do you get, do you get that? It's, but how did that even happen? Didn't she confess to herself, I will touch the hem of his garment and will be made well. She confessed it. She put action behind it. And she got what her faith made room for her to get. So there's certain things that people are not accessing and seeing. There's certain, the, the reason why people's life is trash and continues to stay like that is because of their confession. It has everything to do with you. A lot of people love to blame the devil. And I get that. Like as a believer, outside of persecution, outside, outside of persecution, there shouldn't be, there's nothing that you can like, that can happen to you that's like, that, 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 that can't be changed. Do you get me? That can't, and even some persecution is like, hey, you can, I've seen people stand up and rise up and then the enemy backs down. And some persecution in the Bible, they welcome it and just go on to heaven. Because this is okay, you're going to stone me. Child, I'm just going to go on to heaven. Child, I don't want to deal with y'all no more. Stephen, you know, Paul, he he resurrected after being stoned. He's like, I'm going to go preach the gospel again. So that I've seen different responses. And of course, I'm sure it has all to do with the leading of the Holy Ghost. And just because that's a dope behind story to have, like. To get persecuted to death. I think that's dope. I think it's dope. Personally, I think it's dope. No, but outside of that, what hardship do you see people have in the Bible that they just, that a man and a, a man and woman of God that is faithful and not operating in sin, what hardship do you see them put up with? I would even say, in the New Testament, because there are some people in the Old Testament that just were not learned. And I know some people would try to bring up, look at Job. Yeah, that's a great example. Bring up the guy who went through something, (laughs) something so terrible, said a bunch of stuff and God rebuked the fire out of him for the things that he confessed. But that's very on brand of what we're talking about today, confession. People love to use Job. Well, you know, he gives it and he takes away by Chris Tomlin. You know, he gives and he takes away. Like there's just going to be some things that, you know, God's just going to. I've heard, actually heard of somebody preaching. Somebody, a Christian had the audacity to repeat it to me as if it made sense verbally and it made sense in their mind. I just didn't get that. that somebody was saying they were going, they were talking about their testimony and how this, uh, this woman and husband were saying that they were homeless. And out of that, their testimony, they are preaching to actual people. And they're like, you see, 
I didn't understand. We were saying, why God, why are we homeless? But I, God needed us to be homeless so that we could know what a blessing it is to have a home so that we couldn't take advantage. We couldn't be prideful thinking that we were the ones to get ourselves out of homelessness. You see, we had to depend, know that he is the provider because if it had not been for us living under a bridge, we would have given ourselves the glory. None of the glory would have been to the Lord. And they didn't say exactly that, but basically they were saying like, we needed to be homeless to appreciate the, it's like God doesn't teach through the destruction. He teaches through instruction. He just tells you, Hey, don't do that. And and if you listen, then you'll get blessed. So this is not who I don't. And this girl, like the person that told me this is like, Oh, that's so good. Such a good point. Oh, that's so good. So good. So good. I was like, that's terrible. That's actually terrible logic and not at all God. She's like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand nothing. You're young. You're young. You haven't gone through life. You don't know nothing. It's like people say that to people who have faith, especially young people with faith. I rebuke those people. Get thee behind me, Satan. Are you kidding me? You don't know nothing. You're young. Okay, what the H? I know God. I know the Bible. I'm already like, like yards better than you because you're stupid and you're saying stupid things so stop being stupid and get smart and read the bible why don't you (laughs) it's like i don't understand like that's what i'm saying people have a state outside okay let's go back to job bottom line this guy had just terrible things happen to him i actually heard a preaching about job a teaching about job um, like, why did this happen? Like, why did this happen to Job? And somebody brought up, it's, it's actually a point happened in the early chapters of Job. And it was actually something I've never heard anyone bring up. But in the beginning of Job, maybe Job 1, I think it was mentioned, which by the way, the Bible says, because people say, oh, he was, he was just a regular, no, he was just a regular schmegler. I don't know. The way people present Job, they just don't, people don't tell that story justice and people don't teach that story injustice well. First of all, Job 1 says that Job was a perfect man. So get that in your brains, but that has nothing to do with what I'm really sharing. But I just, people like skip over that and they don't give any emphasis to that. But basically Job would constantly offer sacrifices for fear of like his children, his ratchet behind children sinning all the time. And I heard a preaching, a teaching on that. And basically they were saying that that was a doorway for the enemy to get in because he was constantly operating in fear in this area. And, And I was like, whoa, my mind was blown. Either way, I'm not taking advice from a guy that got rebuked by like harshly rebuked by by god to the point where job says i realize you know like the thing that i have said i i knew nothing he was like forgive me because i didn't know what i was saying so i i wouldn't use job's life as like a template of of the christian walk of the christian lifestyle of the faithful life of a believer no no you wouldn't you don't want to do that but what you can use is what the life as job in job's life as an example is at the end of his at the end of his story not at the end of his life what god did for him what did god do in job's life he blessed job double everything he had lost god returned to him double double the the children double the possessions that he had 
Now that's a Christian. That's the life of a believer. That's a Christian. That's a good model of life that I want to live. Don't model your life. Don't like base your doctrine of the faith off of someone's life in a section where God was not even like, there was the hand of God was nowhere there. And like, it's just like people use that part of Job's life as like inspiration to base their doctrine off of, but not the part where God intervened and did a mighty work. You don't. Okay, cool. it's actually not cool it's a problem so that's what i'm saying like some people's lives it's like it goes as far as their confession when something happens to you and i get it like some people you'll be faithful and things will blindside you sometimes could i won't say that they will i don't want to speak that over you things could blindside you but let me tell you your response has everything to do what you respond with next is completely on you it is completely up to you. I know that sounds extreme. I know that sounds harsh. I know. Aw, I know. But you've been given all authority, all power over all principalities, all powers. What? Don't, don't sit on your rear and do nothing with it. You better declare some things. You better go to a war. With just, you better start warring. Devil, you can't touch me. Devil, you can't have my finances. You can't have my family. You can't have my child. You can't have my family. Nothing. I rebuke thee. I bind you now. I declare to get your dirty hands off of my family. I loose the power that you think that you have. You thought you have. I rebuke you. Whatever demon that's been assigned to this area in your life, go back and tell it's go back and tell your master Satan you failed. That's I heard that from Ted Shuttlesworth. Oh, that was a good word. He's like, I bind you, I loose it, and go back and tell your master that you failed in your assignment. And it's that, that that's what he says when he um he heard that from somebody. Who, I think it was Shambach. I don't know if it was A. A. Allen or Shambach. It was somebody. But somebody prayed like that over cancer. People who came up to him in, in the healing services with cancer. He had a very specific prayer. And I just, I love that prayer. It's so fun. Do you get me? You have the actual authority and the ability to declare a thing. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, okay? You have the ability to declare and form a testimony. By your confession. I know that takes co- I know that sounds like I say these things by faith. And some people, I'm telling you, there's people already, well, that's not true. That's not true. Well, you have what you say. That's not, that's not my fault. It's not my fault that you have ex- whatever happens in your life is exactly what you say over yourself. What is it costing you to walk in faith? What, what is it costing you to walk in faith, to believe that God can do a miraculous work? We sing about Waymaker all the time. We sing about God can do the impossible. God, he's so good. You, you, you seen him move me the mountains? I believe that's it. You, you've seen him move mountains. But have you seen him move mountains? Have you? If you have, what happened? What happened for that to happen? Well, like what, what went down? What had to happen for that to happen? I'm pretty sure... It was in response to a faithful person, somebody filled with faith, someone declaring something in faith, someone giving something over to God in faith, trusting and believing that God will do a mighty work in this area. I'm so sick and tired of seeing people accepting defeat and just the things that the enemy presents to them with a platter. 
Like it's just, oh, now I have to go through this. Says who? De- rebuke it. Cast it away from you. I don't get it. If a person walks in, in into church service full of the devil, you would cast it out. But if the enemy presents a situation in your life full of the devil, why do you just think that you have to go through it and you call it a season? All my days. Cast that thing. Cast the devil out. Rebuke him. Send it back to hell where it came from. It's not for you. Don't accept that stuff. You have full authority. I don't care if I sound... I don't care. Well, you don't know nothing about life. I don't care if I sound unlearned. What I do know is that God's word is true. What I do know is that I have all power and authority. And what I do know is that I will see the goodness of God in every single area of my life. I am not here to to like fail. I'm not here to struggle. I am not here to go through up and downs and mountains and valleys. I'm here to go to mount from mountains to mountains. To ascend from glory to glory and victory to victory and strength to strength. Some people, the way they talk, you know, you can't appreciate the mountains until you've been in the valley. It's like, yeah, I get it. If, if you're poor and now you have money, yeah, you probably really like having money now. But I don't think that there's rich people out here, like, not appreciating the fact that they, they can get what they want. I don't think that there's rich people out here not appreciating the fact that they have a driver that can drive them everywhere, that they have a plane. Like they're like, I don't think Ted Cruz is out here complaining about the fact that he he could like charter a plane to get to his daughter or go to Hawaii while Texas froze over that one time. I don't think he was mad about that. <laughs> I think he was happy that he had the means and the access to do these things. Do you get me? But it's just like that. Who are you? Why are you speaking that over yourself? Some people say, oh, you know, sometimes life gets hard. And it's just like, even if it does, why on earth would I say that? That sounds asinine to me. Well, you know, I'm just not, I'm not saying that things can't out. Well, you know, life just, life, life. Is there a demon called life that's been terrorizing you? You need to cast it out. Babes, you need to cast that thing out because apparently life has a stronghold over you. I didn't know that was a demon name. I just, I didn't know. You should, you guys should have told me. I didn't learn that in ministry school. Nobody told me. I didn't learn in church. No one told me. The way some people talk and it kind of makes me feel sometimes like I've been seeing my life and not even to boast, not, not to boast on me because it couldn't have been me. It, the only reason why my life is the way that it is. It is completely God. I boast in the Lord. So let me boast and give glory to God. There's sometimes I, my life. I see the goodness of the Lord in every single area. Do you get me? Where it feels easy. Where it feels like being a Christian is a breeze. Not to say that the enemy hasn't tried it. Not to say that there hasn't been things that I've had to overcome and get victory over. But let me tell you, let me tell you, I have an assurance. Should the enemy rear his ugly little head over in my direction, I have the cojones and assurance to know that the devil's about to get a beat down. That he must be stupid to even come looking this way. You get like that. You understand your authority and you start walking in it. You realize the devil's not even that big of a deal. He, if for someone that's already been defeated, he's not even a big deal. Like he's not, he's, it's really not even him. 
it's just people really (laughs) people become the problem i'm kidding i don't know actually i don't know if i'm kidding actually but the devil coming like the devil being up like a your like personal enemy he's already defeated that's not i'm not i'm not gonna there's no point in fighting a fight that's already been won do you get me you you walk in authority it's just it's just it really just feels like maintenance when you're walking in authority and you're doing things for the kingdom of God and a, and a, and a demon has the a gall to want to oppose you. Okay, let me cast this thing out really quick. Let me threaten this thing. Let me cuss you out in the spirit real quick. It's just maintenance. It feels like it. Let me remind you who I am. Because you're real dumb to come looking this way thinking, thinking that you, you could be an obstacle for me. Don't you know God told me to do this? I'm going to do it. The same way with Jesus. He told the disciples to cross through the sea, get to the other side. Why are you sitting about crying in a hurricane? Mate, you can tell they weren't from Florida. If the disciples were from Florida, that it would have just been, and they, and they crossed over and, and landed. That, that, that would have been the whole story. No, Jesus was sleeping middle of a hurricane in a boat, not a yacht, a boat babes bible time boat hurricane probably getting wet by the rain sleeping i admire i admire him they woke him up i told us to cross over god gave the word and they and you know a demonic like storm tried to stir up okay i'm sleeping that's not what does this have to do with me don't make this my problem it's not my problem i was told to cross over that's what i'm doing i don't understand i'm going to sleep I actually heard a story. I don't I forget who it is, but it was one of those like powerful. I don't know if it was like um Wigglesworth, but one of those like old-timey powerful men men of God. He was sleeping one day and he felt a demonic presence in his room. And the, like in his hotel room. And it started shaking things and moving the bed. And he cast it out. And then he called the, the demon back in. He says, "Come back here." <laughs> and he felt the demonic presence in the room again. And he, well, you know what he told him to do? Put the bed back where it was. Because, you know, this demon was acting crazy and trying to, like, shake things around in his room and scare him. And the demon placed the bed, you know, the bed that he shook around and shimmied around the room back where it was. And he says, now get out of my room. And, he, and it left. So, and he went to sleep. There was another story my mom actually told me, like, in Af- it, was, it took place in Africa where these people were going around either evangelizing, yeah, evangelizing, just telling the gospel, doing mighty works of the, mighty, mighty works of the Bible, Bible time works, at Book of Acts works, and they were camping. If you know Africa, let me tell you, it's, it's like, I can't stand the witches there, these spineless, ballless terrorists, just, ugh roaches so just peasant roaches i hate them all just an irritant like a fly just i hate them all anyways so they were camping somewhere sleeping and then like basically i guess some witches or spirits or whatever were like terrorizing the people and the other people there was like one guy that was like well everybody in his tent or the campground were like freaking out and scared <sighs> the guy was like he wake up he noticed that the the, the basically like the devil's minions were trying to like scare these people and run him out of where they were and he was like i'm going back to sleep <laughs> he was like he went to sleep and he was like this is not this has nothing to do with me that's what i'm saying it's like 
You, what are you doing? It's like you've been defeated. You have no authority or power over me. I'm going to sleep. What are you trying to do? This is not my problem. You can't take my sleep away from me. God gives rest to his children. You're not. Who are you? Good night. Are you tired? And ever since that, hearing stories like that, filling myself with books like Kenneth Hagin, which is a good one. If you're a, any any level, if you haven't read, read this book, you have an appointment with this book, The Believer's Authority. You need to read this book. I read this book before a mission trip to Dominican Republic. And this trip was the most, as of that point in my mission trip, like experience, career, lifestyle, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, just lifestyle. Cause I'm always going to, I'm just always doing trips anyways. Uh, I might as well do it full time child. But like of this lifestyle, I read that book. That was the most anointed trip as of yet. Mighty powerful works of God. It just, just things in my life, my calling. I knew that I was called to the ministry at that point. I knew, I, I knew I wanted to travel. I just wanted to go. I just want to be on planes and preach. I just wanted to travel. And then in Dominican Republic, this random guy with the lungs, just lungs of, I don't know. He had like hot air balloons for lungs. This guy like breathed in my, I had braids. Like, no, I didn't have braids in at that time. He breathed and my eyebrows were at the back of the room. Just, just from his lungs. It was just an inhale, exhale. And he said with the Spanish, no, he, he spoke Spanish and he didn't use his translator to speak to me. He spoke in English in his accent. And he says, you will travel and preach the gospel. You are called to the ministry. I knew that. So it was a powerful word of confirmation, a very windy word of confirmation. Okay. But it was very powerful. And the fact that, and that trip just kickstarted just a bunch of things for me, man. And, and it's after reading and getting those revelations about the believer's authority, once you realize that you really like, and it really, sometimes, sometimes like the, like people are a revelation away from victory. It really, you see these things happen when you, when it's settled in you, when you get this epiphany, the spiritual epiphany, which is basically what a good way to define a revelation. It has been revealed to me and I get it now. Once you realize that stuff, child, things start changing. Things start moving. Things start shifting for you. And I also fasted and prayed for that trip too. So that's also, I, that's also, I give credit there spiritually, man. So it's just, you know, things start shifting and changing. And then you realize what a butt the enemy is. And he's really like, you just, the things that he plagues the people with, it irritates you. It angers you. I'm not scared of demons. I'm not scared of people who like, you're mad. People like try to talk up demons and like, oh, there's different level of demons. And there's like a, there's like a hierarchy. There's this level and that level, like level three. But then if they, if they pass red belt, they get the black belt. And it's like, what the freak is this? Like, I don't freaking care. Do you, do you understand me? Their boss is Satan that got his tail beat beat 2000 years ago international embarrassment do you get me internationally embarrassed the whole world heard about it that's their boss level you're talking about levels you know i actually there's like a rap it's not even a rap it's a christian rapper put this in their song but this is actually just a general saying they said new level new devil 
And some people use that. Christians use that as a way to say, you know, when you go higher with the Lord, you get like new demonic challenges. But I hate that word so much because really new level, same devil. The devil doesn't get stronger just because you get stronger in the Lord. The, I would even argue the higher you go, the, re- the more you realize how much of a loser the devil is. I mean, I'm, it's just not even, it's not worth talking about him for more than two seconds. Like, or even 0.0 negative seconds. It's just not worth it. This is done for. Dunzo. This, this has been a done for thing. So if the enemy tries you, you know that you have the authority to tell this guy where to go. Tell this guy where to stick it. Do you get me? You, there's no reason why you should be polite to the enemy. I don't understand that. People try to be like, if anything, I don't even know. People try to be like, oh, that's not very nice. I think we should love. There's this one girl. I was talking about enemies of God and all this stuff. And she was like, well, I think those people can be saved. I think we should love those people. I'm like, I'm not loving anyone that's whose goal is to kill me. I don't understand what you want. I don't understand. Like, cause I actually, cause it came from the story, a Nigerian pastor, he had his church and this, and like, I think like witches or a witch came up to him and his church members and basically like, shut your church down. You shut your church down and I'll let you live. And if you don't, I'm going to kill you. And you know what the Nigerian pastor say? He didn't offer him uh like prayer over coffee and a biscuit during breakfast. Do you know what he says? He said, this time tomorrow you will be dead. What happened? He died probably the most it was and that was like a prominent witch in that area and there was fear and fear came upon the people in the land where did you see that happen i saw i was just reading in genesis where um israel's sons murdered the guy that like a bee like i don't want to really use that term but i'll just use it raped their sister dina or dina i don't know how to pronounce her they killed all the guys of that tribe And do you know what happened next in the Bible? It says fear. Fear fell on the people around them because, you know, because Israel's tribe was traveling. And these people were too afraid to touch them. Same. And this girl tried to be like, I don't know. I don't think we should act like that. But that's not our job to kill people. Okay. Well, forgive me for uh, following the God of the Bible who definitely killed a bunch of people. Enemies of God are not the same as sinners. You made a choice to be my enemy. You made a choice knowing that God is the one true God, but yet you chose to team up with the devil. You fully understand what's happening here. You chose to team up with the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of Satan, and try to attack and bring the kingdom of light down, the kingdom of God down. You are my enemy. And one person's walking out alive in this battle, and it's going to be me. Do you get me? Your life is not my concern. You signed your life away when you signed up with the devil. That's not for me to care about. You're an idiot fighting for an idiot cause and you'll die an idiot unless you get it together. But that's for you to get you. It's like, that's not, that's not even, I don't care. It's not my concern. So I have no pity for anything of the, of Satan or anything like that. I have no pity for witches. I have no pity for like warlocks or, you know, whatever freaking term people have. I don't freaking whatever worker enemy of the worker of satan and i have no pity for any demon that tries to make my life hard you will not come into my life and try to make my life hard there are blessings reserved for me there the bible says the psalms speak about daily benefits that god has for me 
Who are you to try to come in and interrupt that narrative that that's for me? What was appointed for me by God? My life every day, there is blessing and goodness and favor and mercy for me reserved. There's goodness and mercy reserved for me. And it's 1145 in 15 minutes. I'm about to get a good, a new dose of goodness and favor. Who are you to try to interrupt that flow? Who are you? A nobody because you're about to be cast out. You, you cannot lay on your back and just accept this stuff. Like it's just like the ebbs and flows of life. The ebbs and flows of seasons. Oh, I guess this is just one of those seasons. Says who? Your seasons. You know what? You want me to tell you what your next season is? Victory. You want me to tell you what your next hardship is? That blessing that's too, too much to handle. You can't even store it all in. That's the hardship. Okay. You want me to tell you what you have reserved for tomorrow? Goodness and mercy. If you're faithful, if you're a believer, that's not for everybody. It's, it's for the believer. Do you get me? I don't, I don't, I don't accept that stuff. I'm not going to apologize for me seeing the goodness of the Lord because your life is trash and crap. You think you, you, you go to the body of Christ and try to declare that over everybody. Like everybody's life has to be trash like yours. Excuse you. No. Some people, how many of you guys think that in the ministry, you just want to, you hate the ministry sometimes. Speak for yourself. I don't hate the ministry. People might be irritating, but that has nothing to do with me or God. <laughs> Their problem, not mine. My goal is to make heaven and see Jesus. That's it. And I took care of that when I gave my life to the Lord. And I'm making sure that it's going to stay like that by staying faithful to the Lord. I'm not losing this. I am not going to lose my spot in heaven. No, and no enemy is going to try to make it seem hard, feel hard to get to heaven. Stephen went to heaven with a smile. I actually heard a story about the people that get killed for serving Christ. There's a story about the Ethiopian, I think it was Ethiopia or Somalia. One of the two. At, the, at this point, when you, everybody just, some probably skinny and frail. So it's just like, hey, just somewhere, you can stick them anywhere in East Africa. They'll blend in right, right where, they'll blend in, okay? One of the two countries, doesn't matter though, but a Muslim terrorist group came on the bus of these people, just, I guess they're riding somewhere. I feel like that's right to assume because they're on a bus. Riding somewhere, stopped the bus, got the people out with guns, told them, got all the people out that weren't Muslim, and they told them with guns, say, you're going to recite this prayer, which basically is a prayer to transition into Islam and accept Allah as God. And like deny all the others, which is just evil, 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 evil. And it, and down the line, they're praying this. He's like, you're going to say this or we're going to kill you on the spot. Came down to the Christian guy. I guess the last remaining Christian guy in this buzz because everybody's Muslim now. And he said, recite this prayer. And the guy looked at him. He says, and you know what he recited? He recited the Lord's prayer. And they killed him on the spot. Headshot. And when his wife heard the news, because they interviewed her told them did you know this happened to your husband do you know what she said she started crying she said i am so proud of him and i can't wait to see him one day do you get me the enemy can't make life hard for you he went to heaven with a smile on his face he went to heaven just like stephen Stephen went to heaven begging for God to show these people mercy that were stoning him. 
And you can look up a video of stoning right now. It still goes on in the Middle East. This is not an ancient barbaric thing that just went, that just people used to do because they were unlearned. This still goes on with a smile, seeing Jesus in glory, seeing Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Do you get me? The enemy cannot take away your joy. Stop acting like he has the right to. Stop acting like the enemy can take the smile off of your face. He didn't give you the joy. He can't take it away. Joy is not found in the enemy. The enemy is not your provider. You don't have to receive anything from this guy. Who is this guy? People take, they take sickness lying down. They take attacks and depression lying down. Combat that thing. Look it in the face and rebuke it. Send it back to where it came from. Return to sender. Not your battle to fight. Not your problem. Next time the enemy tries to make you feel anxious about something. Not my problem. Next person. Pass that on to somebody else. I don't have anxiety. I don't get anxious. I don't fear. Not my problem. Next. Do you get me? Like, who says you have to take this? By whose rule? Who, 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 who? Confess a good thing over yourself and you see faith bubbling up inside of you. And heaven will have no choice but to back you up. Because now you've activated something. That's the language of heaven, faith. Now you're putting your angels to work. They're supposed to minister unto you just like they ministered minister to Jesus when he was after he finished his fast. Well, I don't even know if he finished his fast, but it was after the enemy tempt, tried to tempt him. And then the angels ministered to Jesus. They're supposed to be they're here for you. There's more for you than there are. Than there will ever be against you. But the way people talk and confess things is if the whole world's against them and they only have one person in their corner corner and it's Jesus and or God or something like that. That's, you stop talking like that. You sound dumb. You're unlearned. Now that you're learned and educated, speak right, talk right, walk right, do right, live right, and be right. And you'll see right. And you will. First, confess it. Believe and confess. Confess and believe in your heart. That's how things happen. Do you get me? Like, don't live in this lesser than measure of faith. For what? Like, for what? Do you get me? You have to see God intervene in your life. Stop fighting battles alone. Nobody asked you to do any of that. You have to see, you No, I have to see God intervene in my life. It's my right to see God intervene in my life. It's my right to see God deliver me, to have God as my deliverer, my savior. It is my right He did it for salvation. What makes you think he can't do it for anything else in your life? My days. Jesus did a finished work at the cross. It's time that you recognize that and remind the devil. Because the devil's sneaking around in people's lives, banking on their ignorance, unlearnedness, hoping that they don't realize that he's working illegally. Because he's going around unchecked. Check the fool. Why are you accepting any of this stuff? It just it just it confuses me. People don't go to war. And then, and then they sing things in worship that are unscriptural. You might as well pronounce your death sentence, time of death, now. Because the things that you let come out of your mouth is stupid. Like There's a song. It's just so dumb. There's just sometimes in worship, 
where pe- people will lead a song and there's certain things I will not say. I will clamp my tongue, clamp my mouth or just pray in tongues when it comes when there's a part that I just cannot agree with and will not confess when it comes on because it's not for me. I don't want to receive it. Why? I'm not confessing this to the Lord. You know, there's times people say, you know, I'm sorry for, or just they're like, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made. It's all, I didn't do any, I didn't make worship anything else. Like, I'm not apologizing for something I didn't, I'm not, no. There's nothing about me that, I'm not going to sing this for the sake of the congregation. It doesn't apply to my life. I'm not a liar. It does not apply to my life. I'm sorry for the, I'm sorry for the, I didn't make anything. I didn't, I have nothing to apologize for. Y'all do, y'all sing it. I'm not against that. If y'all need to make things right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and make things right. But this is not a congregational song for me to worship along to because I'm not sorry about anything because I didn't do anything wrong. You can't make me apologize for something that I didn't do. That's crazy. That's like, it's like kind of, it's kind of when people like when someone passes in your life, they're like, I'm sorry. It's like, what did you do? You know something I don't. (laughs) you get me like people don't even think about the things that they even say even then that i personally i just say my condolences send a heart emoji because i'm not sorry about i didn't i didn't kill your sister she it wasn't me shaggy okay it wasn't me it wasn't me no i'm not singing i'm not confessing that stuff it's stupid it's not for me if that's for you let it be for you but it's not for me that's why I personally like songs that are just exhortation for the Lord. Completely just dedicated, written to the Lord. I love Waymaker. I like that song. Wanna know why? It has nothing to do about us. <laughs> it has everything to do with God. And you can tell in a worship service the difference. When we start singing about us, and then when we, when we sing about us, and then when we start singing about God. That song, What a Beautiful Name It Is, it's the reason why I won a Grammy, okay? It's been a long time since people felt the presence of the Lord. <laughs> in certain worship songs and that's obviously just i'm joking because there's there's a lot of worship songs that are amazingly anointed out there that are presently getting released now but and just some mainstream songs are just trash i just i won't i won't when darkness comes like what does he have an appointment i don't understand this like when darkness come I, you know what i sing should darkness come baby should darkness come i'm strapped but he knows not to come in this way this direction nothing he won't even look over here should not when should i don't i didn't make a plan for this to happen should win hardship no i this is not what i planned i didn't plan to die i didn't plan to like at least right now you know i to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord okay it is appointed unto every man wants to die. So until unless the Lord tarries. Like should the Lord tarry and you know your girl passes away. Which is just. Ugh. Unfortunate for y'all. Unfortunate for me because I'm going to be in glory. Okay. But should the Lord tarries and your girl passes away. Like I, that's, that's the only way that I would talk about death. Concerning myself. That's it. That's it. I'm not expecting, I'm not saying my life, I'm not setting up my life to like go through hardships better. Like he's not a guest that I'm like, oh, I laid out towers for you. I rolled out any like faith cloths for you. I, 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 I made your bed all fluffy like you like it. Do you remember that? I heated the towels. Um, do you want any coffee? He's not a guest here. He's not welcome here. And that's how I lead such a joyous life and I give the Lord glory. 
Because if and if the devil tries, you know who I run to first? I run to God. God, this is happening. And I, let me tell you, there's been times where I go to, I, there's something will happen within the hour, within the, within 20 minutes, it's resolved. Boom. Why? Because I took it to God in faith. I take it to the man who can do something about it. I take it to the man who can do the impossible, who can heal all, fix all my problems, all of them. I lay it down to him. You can't do it. She can't do it. He can't do it. But God can do it. And I trust and I believe that. I truly believe it. And I live like that. And I see the hand of God in every situation, in every area of my life. Because I give it to him. I was dedicated to the Lord at a very young age. My life belongs to the Lord. If your mom is like my mom, she always tells me, I gave you to God just like Hannah gave Samuel to God. You belong to God. God, you have to trust God to take care of you. And you have to be smart enough to trust God with your own life. God, this is happening. And I believe that my faith will not put me to shame. So I trust, I put, I abandon myself to God in faith. Oh God, knowing that there is a turnaround. I'm expecting a turnaround for my life. Sometimes when you add people to the mix, it gets a little wonky because then you have to deal with other people's faith and if they have unbelief or anything like that and then it just gets kind of weird but that's when you as a body have to encourage the people but I'm not fighting anybody else's war for them if you have unbelief and you're sticking by it I'm gonna let you stick by it because what do you want me to do I I can't preach faith into you especially especially the people in Matthew 18 in Matthew uh I believe it was 18 that we read out of 13 that we read out of they saw the mighty works of God. They already saw it. People will still, that, what does that show you? Doubt has nothing to do with what you see or not see. It, it doesn't have, because they saw that there's people, even the Bible talks about, there's people that will see Jesus, see him when he returns and still not even choose him. It has nothing to do with what you see or you don't see. Doubt's a demonic thing, demonic thing that will hinder things the gl- just hinder things for working for you. So get out of that mindset. Get de- get delivered from doubt now, and step into a life of faith, knowing that you can't do it alone. Some people get afraid of that feeling. Oh God, I can't do it alone. Get ex- the next time you feel like you can't do something, you need to get excited, because you can, you can trust and believe God's about to do something crazy right now. Let me tell you a story. As my last, as my closing point, tell you a story. I. You know, I told last episode that I basically, like, I am done fundraising. Do you know how that happened? I I actually posted on my story that I said that I have the least, this trip, I've had the least givers, but the most provision. And I mean most by monetarily. <laughs> and I'm sure maybe another way as well. Just It just feels more. No, but I've had the least givers in just numerically, just the amount of people. And you know, like my beginning thing, like when I start, when I started, because I don't function like this anymore in the name of Jesus, I've broken out of that mindset. And now I've learned a few things that has really, really encouraged me and taken me to another level of understanding the provision in the hand of God. Do you get me? I started this trip fundraising, you know, fully excited and expected, but also the way that I started it, which I hated that for myself, was just unsure if people wanted to give, because I do this every year, I go somewhere all the time. 
And I'm always like, hey, if you want to give, and I, I don't pressure people. No one should ever be pressured to give. It's, it's unbiblical. Do not pressure people to give. And don't give if you feel, the Bible says, do not give under compulsion. Not giving under compulsion, but giving because God loves a cheerful give, cheerful give, a cheerful giver. Give cheerfully. Give with joy. I want, I love to give to God. I want to give this over. I want this, I want this out of my hand and into something else. I want to sow the seed. Give like that. It's good. It's really good. And I, you know, I tell people, oh, okay, guys, I'm going somewhere. And I just wonder, and at the beginning of, you know, for this trip, fundraising, I just wonder, do people just get tired? Like, are people just going to get tired and just not give? Like, what's going to happen then? And then I was like, okay, well, I just got to make sure that my page, I just got to work enough, make enough to where I can like periodically give money over to myself to fund my own fundraising, which is what I've always done ever since I've like could fundraise. You know, I, I put, I've always put the work in. I've never been lazy during fundraising. I always put the work in always. And what I can provide, I give, but I still, you know, Hey, if you want to give your girl's not mad at it, but this one, I was just a little hesitant. I just, I don't know. But then I started, my very first giver was a pastor he gave to me. He gave to my trip. He's like, you know, I believe in you. Like, he gave very first donation. Boom. In the pocket. I was like, cool. That's really cool. And it was really early on. Second giver, you know, it was a text. I was actually like, it was on Cash App. And again, which is actually what happened to like the trip before this. Was that Zambia? I got, Okay. Two trips ago, this happened. I kept my cash app notifications were off. I, I explained this in a past episode, and money was sitting there the whole time. When I was just like, "Where's the money?" Like I don't know if it was South Africa or for Zambia. I forget. You just confused. I confused the two, and then it happened again. It was like a hundred dollars, I believe. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I need to turn on my notifications. What the h? Turn it on, and I'm sitting around waiting for money to come. I, you know, I'm on my Instagram. I'm not. I'm. I've told on top of. Add, adding on like I've seen the least givers I haven't really felt the need to even promote my trip like that because before I usually I promote it I work it in because I I go on my stories I like make funny little videos on my stories and you know entertain the crowd not that 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 I'm trying to like get money out of people and like shuck and jive or like be like a court jester for these people uh but you know and I know that's an offensive term but I just I don't care so but like but you know I'm just like oh by the way since you like it here I just like posting funny stuff or just I just like being myself on Instagram because it just it entertains me and in turn apparently people get entertained so I'm just hey yeah I'll do that I like it I do it for free yeah sure whatever but you know I've just been I haven't I have I, I haven't even been posting on my story as much as I used to because my outlet is this podcast and you know, like I just, there's no need to my outlet. I say everything that I want to say on this podcast. I, you know, that I speak for at least an hour. That's like a known thing now. It's just what I expect to happen. So I haven't really been on there much. I haven't been promoting it much at all. If anything, I've probably talked about this mission trip fundraising for it. Like, Hey, if you want to give maybe at least five times. And I think, I don't even think it was five. I think maybe four three or four times so it wasn't really much 
I get a notification, I guess after making somebody laugh. They were like, hey, uh, how, much is, how much is your trip? I think they gave twice. Oh, how much is your trip again? And it was a, a good sum of money. I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. Really cool. So I'm going, I'm like, okay, so I have this amount of money. And in my head, this is my, my like plan. Oh, out of each paycheck, if I give $100 each week, because I have two different jobs and whatever. So, and I do other stuff on the side. I talked about this before. I'm not talking about it again. So <laughs> I, there's so much to explain. If I give $100 a week, I should have enough money to uh, make it to the trip, like, middle middle like april late april middle april something like that if i just give a hundred right so i'm like okay cool i have a plan so i was just planning to do that out of nowhere actually i should back this up i gave a pretty large uh donation large for me at the level that i gave that i for me at the level and i it's 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 large let me just say that i got my end of the year like like, oh, this is how much you give into this ministry, like from a specific ministry. And it was like, I think it was from, like from my church. And it was in the couple of thousands area just for the year. And, you know, I'm only 22. I have my first job I got at the age of like 19. So I haven't really been working. And, you know, I talked about that first job. They pay you in like thoughts and prayers. Like, so I haven't really been making money for it. And, you know, I only really have a job because my dad wants me to learn finances, whatever that means. So, you know, it's not like I'm like, uh, I've been working so that was like a big deal to me you know because you know I just started making the amount of money that I do pretty recently so you know cool I, I actually praise the Lord for it I gave a large sum which was like maybe 1300 short of the amount of money that I gave in a full year for a ministry within the first the second week of January this year. So I'm I'm already sur- almost surpassing the amount that it took me 365 days to give. I gave an alert, I gave a large and I kept the faith baby. I was like I'm giving joyfully. I'm releasing this seed. I'm sowing this this seed. This seed I I have faith. This is the largest I've ever and I've you know just my personal goals with the Lord financially. This is the largest seed I've ever given. I have full faith. I will see a return. You know, and it's just like I'm giving for so many things, but also I know that that's really going to bless whatever ministry that I gave to. But also it was, you know, cuz this I'm putting a seed. I'm putting a seed in to see a harvest. I'm putting an apple seed in to see the tree of apples that's going to have many other seeds that I can in turn put in to produce an orchard. Is that the word? Is that the right word? I don't know. A forest of apple trees. Okay. Do you get me? Basically that's seed time and harvest just to explain it out of nowhere after just like being like, Oh, you know, just thinking just about my, how I'm my schedule of payment for my trip for the last couple thousand dollars. Okay. I get a text January 30th, same month that I gave my seed and it's February 7th. So the year, you know, I know January felt like we've been here for like eight months, but the year just started, ladies and gentlemen. I get a text verbatim. Hey, Crizo, happy Sunday, friend, for your mission trip. What's your balance for the trip? Listen, I know with this text, I know where this is going. You know, you have enough people give to you. You learn how people who know how to sow seeds talk. And you know, there's just people who like, who like are like prepared to like, bless the socks out of you off of you they just talk in a very specific way that it's just like i like where this is going 
I like your faith, sister. But I give, I just, I give glory to the Lord because I'm so grateful that I know people that are obedient to the Lord and are led by the Holy Ghost. But I'm so grateful to God that he mentions me and brings me up in the hearts and spirits of people. And he takes care of me and he provides for me and he sees all my desires and needs and he meets them. I'm so grateful to God. I'm beyond grateful. Actually, I think I like almost I forgot to like mention this. Like when I saw my end of the year thing for that specific ministry, I I just I took time to really give God. It brought me joy that I gave so much to God. Because it showed me, God, you gave me this amount and I gave it to you. And this was more than I thought that I did give. I'm so grateful. And it just brought me joy to see what I gave to God. So I just love him. So I said, hi, happy Sunday. I still have the remaining, like, I thought it was like around 1500. Talk to some people. You know who you are. Thanks, girl. Turns out to be 2000 Ballpark price, 2000 Okay. So she said, the person that texted me this, who blessed the pants and the socks off of me. Cool. Send me that link. I'll pay your balance. Give me the exact number. I'll pay it. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. So I said, I love you so with four zero, four O's, three O's so much. Okay, I'll get that link. I told her, hey, I found out that's going to be $500 extra. This is actually after a service Sunday night that my like college age pastor preached. Pastor Farrell is just such a blessing to me. And he was talking about like, you have access to everything. Like it's all open. Like you, the door is open. That's what his sermon was. The door of everything is open. Like this is the word that the Holy Spirit released to him to reveal, revealed to him to release over our group. And I guess basically every believer technically. The door is open. Just walk through the door. You want to do something? The door is open. Just ask and you will receive. He's knocking. And he basically said the only door that's closed in the Bible is the door that Jesus stands at knocking. Oh, that blew me away. The door is open. So I told the girl, hey, he found out it's going to be like $500 mo. That's a lot. In my head, I'm like, oh my gosh. Wow. Um, so, you know, you know, I told her, like, listen, listen. And I consulted this with my pastor. I was like, I don't know what to say. He told me what to say. Tell her this. And if she wants to give whatever the Lord leads her to, tell her that she can do that and that you're appreciated regardless. So thank you, Pastor Farrell. For... Thank you. Thank you. So I sent him the link and I was like, hey, you know, whatever you want to give, whatever the Lord leads you to give, I appreciate it literally so much. She said, so what's the balance? And I told her, hey, it's a ballpark price. Do you know what this lady done did? She said, I'll do the $2,000. Hey, there is a fountain full of blood <laughs> that song is such an odd song to quote and it flows from emmanuel's veins there is a fountain i think it's full of grace there is a, uh, there is a fountain whose streams makes glad the city of our god i will rejoice and be glad hallelujah i'll pay the two thousand dollars I don't know if that was easy for her to type out, but it was pretty easy for me to read. I like that. I like that text a lot. Okay, so I'll do the 2K then. Hey, 
Oh my days. So I texted all caps, best believe, I'm praise Jijigi. That's how I spelled praising the Lord right now. Thank you. Okay, done. Sent me the receipt. Days. She said, I love you, friend. Go do great things in your country. And then, do you know what she said? She said, if the, if the trip gets closer, when your trip gets closer and you need more money, tell me. I can help and I will help you. I will help you. Period. Her, she made that confession. Did you know, like a day later or two days later, by text, actually, I don't know. This was Sunday night. Monday, I went into chapel for my school. I come across a girl. She asked me, did you go to Congo yet? And, you know, I hadn't seen her for like a month, maybe two months, because we were like, I'm a like I'm doing online classes now, so I don't have class with her this semester. I was like, no. She was like, oh my gosh, I want to give to your trip. Because she's like, are you fundraising? I was like, I think I'm pretty much done. I think I legit, like, I'm done. Like, I got a bunch of money in. Praise the Lord. Gave her that praise report. Praise God. I actually cried when, you know, I... I got texted this news that she, this lady was going to pay $2,000 for my trip. I gave a very nice, decent, ugly cry to the Lord. I like Monday morning, I woke up and gave God the most like ugliest dance, but it was like a praise dance, like a crunk, like I crumped. Do you know what crumping is? I crumped in the spirit. Maybe I don't know what that was. Probably the flesh. I crumped for Jesus in the dark, in my room on this carpet floor for the Lord. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I was praising God. Hard. Broke a sweat. I will give God my praise. I will become more undignified than this. You you don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. She said, oh, I wanted to give to your trip. Babes. You still can if you want. No, I'm not going to do her like that. No. My dad, I told my dad, he was like, oh, tell them to give me money. Uh, tell all your friends I want to pay for you. Just tell them, I would like some money. I was like, father, uh-uh. That's, I cannot help you. I cannot help you, my dear. I cannot help you. I don't know if it was the next day or within that same day I get a text. Somebody, a missionary. She's like, oh my gosh, you're from DRC? That's crazy. Hey, they're doing an expedition. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going on one of them. She's like, oh, how's fundraising? I was like... I told her my story. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm done. She's like, oh my gosh, like if you need any additional cost, if there's any additional cost, put me on that list on the people that are also willing to pay. Oh my days. How did this happen though? How did this happen though? How did this happen though? I always, even though I had that hesitancy in the beginning, I never confessed it. Never confessed. Oh, I hope people give this time. I don't think, I don't know if people are going to give this time because you know, this is like my ninth 10th I don't know what number 7th 8th mission trip and people are gonna get tired and I don't know I'm scared of running people off I just realized I just I guess I have to I'm come to that age where I have to be the only one that provides and gives for my trips because people don't want to give any if I would have had what I said it probably would have been a hard time fundraising for that trip but I knew people would give I knew first of all I with the confirmation I've been getting I already knew I was going to be in DRC anyways and the way that God was bringing this to the minds of people I wasn't even like, I wasn't, like I mentioned DRC, but I don't, I wasn't talking about it every single hour. People would strike up conversations. Where did you say you're going again? Like I mentioned, oh yeah, I'm also doing this trip once, twice, thrice, maybe, tops. Oh, what did, people bring it up interested in giving. Are you kidding me? That happened for Zambia, where I was actually funded and people were still like, I still want to give. 
anything you want any like any any what do you need help people were asking to like do, if i needed anything and they wanted to give anything i'm like babes you yes you you want to pay for like my panera bread absolutely so you know i was so blessed i'm still blessed but what i confessed was like i'm going to drc i you know i have I did my prayer and I'll continue to do my prayer and interceding for the trip. I confessed good things for this trip. I said, I know, you know, I was like, I don't have to worry about givers. I, God will provide. God actually told me, Holy Spirit told me to not even stress fundraising this year. Don't stress it out. Don't stress it out for, don't stress out finding, a, figuring out how you're going to get there, who's going to provide. God knows how to provide. I just have to sit back and let him do his job. I can't be lazy now. I will be, I will put myself to work and do what I can. I'm not a lazy worker for the kingdom of God. Let's get that correct. Okay, don't be lazy. Do what you can and purpose yourself in your, in your heart to be productive and do it. Make a plan, write it out, make a plan, and do it, okay? But don't not, like, factor in people giving as well. Factor in people helping you. This is the body. We're meant to help. Factor in the hand of God providing. Let let that be part of your, like, budget. Oh, yeah, okay, so, okay, we're going to put 100 towards this, 200 towards that, and 500, 5,000 for uh, whoever wants to, whoever God speaks to give. I'll factor that in. Fact, expect that stuff. Confess only the good things. And the doubt will die away. You'll prove, I mean, um, what's this song? Doubt, I actually got the lyrics wrong. But like for a song, like, you know, cause I'm not, I, I'm, I stay not knowing songs, like lyrics to the word, like not, that's not true. I listen to a song and I constantly think that the words are saying something else and I just make the song what I interpret it to be and that's fine with me and I actually interpreted the song wrong but like the song was like I think like some type of little band and I thought that they said and fear will feel left out but they actually said fear feels like doubt but I said no fear will feel left out doubt will fear feel left out of my life there it's gonna feel left out fear is gonna feel left out And I've been confessing that, confessing a bunch of stuff, personal stuff with the Lord, me and the Lord in my life and my testimony. And I see it manifest because of my confession and I fully believe and trust. So confess a good thing over yourself. I declare that you will see victory in victory. And this is the part where you say amen, like they do in Nigerian church. I declare that there are blessings reserved for your life. And this is where you say amen. I declare that you will see the faithful hand of God. Stay faithful to him and your faith will never be put, put you to shame. And this is where you say, amen. You will not be put to shame for the things that you believe for God to do in your life. Amen. You will see God come behind your faith and do a mighty work in your life. Amen. People will look at your life and give God praise and glory. Amen. Even people that have never praised God voluntarily will praise God almost immediately. It just seems like the only response to do appropriate to do. Amen. 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 God is like you. 
People will know that God is responsible for how your life is going. Blessed, prosperous, joyfully, just, just wonderful, marvelously. They know that God is responsible for this thing. Amen. So continue to declare good things over yourself, even if it takes faith, even if you can't even, you don't even know how. I don't, I, I, how can, I don't know who's giving. I don't know who, I don't know this stuff beforehand. But God is interested in our lives and he works things together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. He works things together. He works things together. So you just have to trust that he's doing that in your life. Receive it for you. Don't receive it just for the... Some people, they'll hear words like that and they'll believe for somebody else, but they won't believe for themselves. So think of yourself as somebody else then, child, because you need to start believing things for yourself. Now, like today. It, what God released, that word, it, it's for me in my life. It's for me. Don't disinvite yourself to this table of blessings and favor and goodness. Get in it. Get all up in there and receive some things and declare some things. I will be, I am healed. I was healed, actually. It's a finished work, remember? In the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that you are healed. But in the New Testament, and I don't know if it's Peter, First Peter. But in the New Testament, the Bible says that you were healed. Amen. Amen. So, that's all I've got. An hour, 16 minutes. It's pretty good. Pretty short. Good night. Oh, in Jesus' name, you know, I pray that over you. Oh, uh, if you are hearing this and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not a believer. You have never received him as your Lord and Savior. Or you've fallen along the way and you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. I urge you, even beg you, to take this time as an opportunity to do so. This is an, an eternity-shifting opportunity. Your life doesn't have to go down the pattern that it's been you can some people they live such a life they just know they predict hardship they just know what's happening it's just going to be harder and harder but let me tell you god is there to intervene and break that cycle over your life where he says that you can find life in him life more abundantly in him let him blow your mind away let him interrupt the demonic cycle that the enemy has tried to put over your life let god have a say so in your life let God change the course of your life into, into the wonderful plan that he wrote out for you when you were in your mother's room, when he, boom, when he made you and formed you and created you. And all you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Receive him into your heart. God, I and say this with me. Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart that you are Lord, that you died for me. You took on my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected and you live in glory in heaven with the Father. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make my heart a stone. Make it into flesh. Make, give me a new heart. Help me to serve you well. Help me to hunger for your word and for your, for your commands and your precepts. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that heaven is my home and God is my Father. And I am new. I am a new believer. I've been made new. I am alive and no longer dead. And I will never turn back in the name of Jesus. And obviously after that, find a good church. What's a good church? A church that believes the whole Bible. And not only that, acts, lives, teaches, preaches, behaves out of the Bible. 
and what the Bible commands. Preferably a church that's not singing with masks on their face, that they're not a slave of fear, slaves to fear. I don't, you know, preferably a church where the pastor isn't wearing their wife's skinny jeans, but you know, that's a preference thing. It's not really a doctrinally like, anyways, find a good church. If you can't find a good church, move to where there's a good church. You're a believer. You're a Christian now. Your life has been given to the Lord. Jesus is your Lord. There's no reason why you can't form your life to be around God. So do that. Do so. Live the best life you can. Get under a pastor. Get discipled ASAP. You can't do it alone. You need the body of Christ. The body needs you. They love you. Love them. Get to know God. Love him. Serve him. And you will never be put to shame. You will never. You'll, you'll, see, it, you'll see that it's a joy to serve God. He will be your joy. He is your strength. He is your source. And all of that's, all of that's accessible to you. Simple. You're a child of God. Amen. Good night, guys.